back to 1 Kings, chapter number 12. We'll also back up just a little bit uh, and get a running start at the passages that we've read here a moment. Uh, again, thank you for praying for us and for Livy and, uh, and stuff. We just had some news before church, so... And so we have to still do stuff. Anyways, um, when we were in Israel, uh, the first day that we got there, of course, we were traveling and and, uh, uh, tired uh, when we we first got there. And we had a trip uh, straight away into uh, Caesarea. And uh, the next day, we were told that we're going to be going up to uh, tell Dan and when you uh, in Israel uh, whenever there's something like tell it's talking about a mound or a hill uh, that <coughs> they've uncovered uh, different uh, eras of history and uh, so most of the sites that are there uh, are on a tell uh, Jericho for example uh, is a, a very big um, Muslim city uh, and uh, the Jericho that we read about in the Bible is still being uncovered on a tell that you see as you go up a, uh, a cable car to another site. Uh, and, uh, and it's not being developed uh, near as fast as other places just because it's not in, uh, in an Israeli-controlled area. And so we, uh, the first full day that we were there uh, began, we left where we were staying and headed up to uh, the northern part of the country. And we spent five days in the northern part of the country. Uh, and we had gone to where the headwaters of the Jordan River are in Dan. And we know from the Bible uh, that God had promised uh, the children of Israel uh, a land from Dan to Beersheba. And during the course of our time there, uh, we, uh, we did. We covered from Dan to Beersheba, way beyond that, beyond that down to Elot, uh, where you could see Saudi Arabia and Egypt and uh, Jordan. Uh, we did go into Jordan. Uh, we went east and west as well uh, along that and saw pretty much the whole country. I got to drive uh, because the, the missionary's license uh, there is not valid. Uh, and then he didn't even get his American uh, license uh, completed uh, and uh, or renewed, and so uh, I got to drive, which was a new experience uh, altogether, uh, and uh, lots of uh, stories to tell even about about that. Uh, so we got to this park in in uh, Tel Dan, uh, and uh, lots of people there, of course. And uh, we were walking up, kind of where the Jordan River is just kind of trickling, and it comes out of the ground, and it all feeds into uh, the Jordan as it goes south. And as we went a little bit further uh, on these trails. Uh, all of a sudden, you came to uh, a tell uh, that was uncovered. I can't remember when exactly they said it was, uh, but it was uh, the altar that we read about in this chapter, uh, the altar that he had made, Jeroboam, uh, at Dan. Uh, and then you move around to uh, some of the other trails and roads, and you come to a spot that they call Abraham's Gate, which is the oldest uh, I guess, archaeological find that they have there. Uh, and then a little bit further, you get into the city part of Dan that was built uh, by Jeroboam. And as you walk into the gates of that, and it's been built up and you can see uh, where uh, w- over the course of time that people have uh, had controlled the area and they kind of built those up. But the ruins are there. And as you walk into the gate of those ruins, uh, there is a seat Uh, And that's the seat where Jeroboam uh, would sit in the gate uh, and he would judge uh, 
the people. Uh, he would a lot of stuff take place or took place in the gates of these cities. And as we were looking at that, I can't remember the exact words that Amy had said, uh, but it was as we were amazed at you know that that seat was there. Other places they had removed uh, maybe you know a seat or whatever, and it would be in a museum. Uh, or elsewhere, but this was like the legit one uh, that was there that he would have sat on. Uh, and she said something like, you know, it's just, it's just kind of neat to, to see, uh, you know, this is where exactly Jeroboam would sit uh, and uh, would do all the things that kings would do in the gates. And, uh, and uh, something along those lines is something that she had said. And in my mind, uh, as I saw that seat, uh, I was just thinking, oh, that's where that turd's at. That's what I was thinking. You say, Pastor, you said turn from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I might say it again uh, before the day is over. And the reason I say that is because Jeroboam was a wicked king. Uh, and uh, while we were in Israel, uh, one of the people have asked, you know, what were, you know, the greatest sight that you saw? And I really couldn't put my finger on uh, the greatest sight. The biggest takeaway was how secular uh, Israel is. Uh, there is a lot of religion. It's a society that is steeped in religion, and it permeates everything. I mean, you can't do stuff certain parts of the week because of Shabbat. Things close. And, uh, but like, um, like, like American Christianity, and I'll, I'll say that you know, Christianity as a whole has difficulties and troubles. Uh, but uh, American Christianity... Having traveled abroad, uh, and you've heard me preach about you know the things that we do or don't do, we uh, we look at the Bible and we treat the Bible like a smorgasbord, uh, like like a uh, like a buffet. Uh, you can just read it and pick and choose whatever it is that you want to believe, and then you set the other aside, and you can have a lot of one thing and little of other things. Uh, and for the most part, in our culture, people don't really balk at that. Uh, Bible preachers preach against it, uh, and Bible preachers want to encourage people to be faithful to God's Word and to obey God's Word, and, but uh, it was uh, very secular, uh, but also very religious. So you had um, uh, Hasidic Jews uh, all over. You had people that, um, if you wear your hat this way, uh, you're part of this sect. If you wear it up this way, it's part of another one. If you had different yarmulkes and uh, different stuff, there was a lot of tassels. Uh, and they take the word of God uh, very literally with the phylacteries that they would put on their foreheads and, uh, and bind things upon their arms. And, uh, and you'd see them if you've uh, viewed pictures or you see on the news like the Wailing Wall and, uh, and even on the airplane over there in the middle of the night uh, in the corners of the airplane, there were uh, Jews that were praying. And, uh, and I forget the term what they do this, but I found out the reason they do it is to stay awake. Uh, because they're praying uh, a lot of times the same prayers over and over again. Uh, and so they just, well, you know, it's, it's easier to stay awake uh, when you're moving. Uh, so you think it was something really spiritual, but uh, it really, uh, really isn't. So people there, just like we would do, they pick and choose parts of the religion that they would believe and follow and parts that they wouldn't. There are places we stayed. You had dishes uh, that uh, were kosher. Uh, in fact, the guy that took us out on the boat, one of the business partners of the, of the missionary over there, uh, very secular Jew, uh, yet whenever he buys dishes uh, or anything that he eats off of, he takes it out to the Sea of Galilee and he dunks it in the Sea of Galilee because Galilee is considered to be a mikvah. Uh, for purification of those things. And you'd see all over the place water fountains and things that would have uh, vessels that had been cleansed because they, uh, there's a lot of religion in every aspect of it. 
so you, we saw all kinds of different people, uh, of course, also uh, Christians that were there, Muslims that were there, Druze people that were there, uh, and uh, sky's limit Orthodox. Uh, there was churches, Armenian churches. You go into places and churches like uh, where uh, in Bethlehem, uh, underneath a, ch- a church was built over the site, they say that Jesus uh, was born. Uh, and of course, that is, uh, is uh, to be um, uh, not proven, uh, but there is a fight over it. So there's an Armenian church, an Orthodox church, and a Catholic church all in the same building. And we couldn't even go down in there because they were, they were having mass. But I'm saying all that culminate in, in one, one experience to where I was ordering um, shawarma, uh, which is uh, like a euro. Uh, and when you have a euro uh, here in the United States, uh, they put a, a yogurt-based sauce on it called tzatziki. Uh, have you know, know what I'm talking about? All right, it's just really good. Uh, maybe you would have one today uh, as you go out for lunch. Uh, and um, anyways, I'm ordering shawarma, and you're picking all the stuff that they would put inside of this wrap or inside of a pita. Uh, and there were hummus and other things. And, and so I asked the guy uh, who was helping me, who was covered in tattoos, all right? I uh, say, what's wrong with that? Well, in um, the law, uh, it's forbidden. Uh, to mark your bodies and to pierce and the different things. And, and so here you have a religion uh, that forbids. So anyways, long story short, I, I said, can I have some tzatziki? And he looked at me like I was stupid. He's like, no, that's not kosher. And I'm like, and then I thought for a second, because they don't mix dairy and meat. And so with the yogurt and the dairy part of that, uh, you couldn't put uh, the yogurt uh, on uh, your shawarma because you're mixing dairy with meat and that wouldn't be kosher. But the guy that's telling me is, uh, is a, a living, walking example of disobedience to the very law he's invoking about my lunch. And that was really, in part, one of the experiences that were there. A religion that people just pick and choose and follow whatever it is that they want uh, and lay aside other things, uh, some of great importance, some, of course, with the oral law and the Torah, whatever. Um, but, uh, but it's just like the same thing that we'd find here. But all of that has its roots uh, in the Old Testament uh, and in religion. Now, remember, we all come from the same, we all come from Adam. Uh, we're of one race, human race. Uh, but after the flood, there was eight people, Ham, Shem, Japheth, you know, uh, Noah, their wives. And, and they all serve one God, Jehovah God. And from that time, we know as they dispersed and over the course of time, uh, religion and changes in, uh, and at the addition of this and that and in humankind and our sinfulness, uh, we've pretty much messed every single thing up. Uh, and we have all the craziness and religion that we have in the world uh, today as a result of our own um, uh, sinfulness. Uh, and, uh, and things like what we read about in this passage of Scripture I have fed into it. Uh, I'm going to be watching your time, and I'm going to give you uh, all the points here uh, here in just a second. But without doubt, uh, one of the most influential men in the history of Israel uh, was King Jeroboam. Now, to, for sake of time, uh, after the death of Solomon, uh, Rehoboam uh, was going to be king, and then Jeroboam, they got the God, and it was God's plan. Uh, this is what God had done. Uh, you had the Judah uh, in, the Benj- uh, in the tribe of Benjamin, which made up uh, basically um, that part, uh, the southern part of Judah. And then you had Israel, 10 tribes to the north. And, uh, and in chapter number 11, 
uh, it primarily a little bit before that, uh, and then in through the beginning part uh, of uh, chapter number 12, uh, you see uh, this kind of uh, change that was being taken, taken place. So um, Jeroboam, uh, well, Rehoboam found out what's going on with Jeroboam, and he's going to take all the tribes uh, of uh, those that were there in Benjamin, and there's a, a large army that was to, uh, to go and to fight uh, Jeroboam. God said, don't do it, because this is, this is, I'm doing this. And so he stayed his hand, and they did what they did, uh, and Jeroboam became king uh, of Israel uh, and the north. And in our text that we read uh, in chapter number 12, uh, it said that uh, he was concerned that if the people of Israel would travel to Jerusalem, that God said his presence uh, in chapter number 11 and verse number 36, it says in the latter part of it, Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. Uh, tonight, in fact, I'll uh, read a couple of verses that God, what God says about Jerusalem, how we're to pray for Jerusalem, uh, how that God in, in Abraham, uh, he said that I'll bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. It's important for us. And I believe our country as a nation has been blessed uh, in one respect because of our relationship with Israel. When you start messing with all of that and uh, current administrations and some uh, in the past, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's like cutting our own throat. Uh, the hand of God and the blessing of God uh, upon our country. Uh, we, uh, I don't believe in uh, you know, uh, replacement theology and all that kind of stuff, but Israel is still God's people uh, and uh, God has a plan for them. Uh, but uh, people in Jerusalem and all throughout Israel get saved the same way you and I get saved. Uh, and that's through Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so there's just a lot of, uh, of course, uh, crazy parts of that re religion uh, and religion as a whole. And there's crazy, by the way, there's crazy parts uh, in, uh, in Christianity uh, and all of the offshoots of that uh, as well. So Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and, uh, and he said in his heart, and, and that really is uh, at the thrust of most error that we have in religion and in faith, is that every man does that which is right in his own eyes. We devise things in our own heart and we come up, and we know that both Rehoboam and Jeroboam sought counsel and got some pretty bad advice uh, in the previous chapters. And so in this passage, uh, he says in verse 27, If the people go to sacrifice the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of his people turn again unto their Lord. He's saying not to, the, not to God, uh, but to Rehoboam. And in a way, even though God had sent a prophet uh, and had ordained him and that he knew it was, uh, it was God who was doing all of this, he was still pretty insecure uh, about his um, his calling or his uh, being king of Israel. But God had promised him. Uh, you don't need to turn there, but in chapter number 11, verse number 38, here's what God told Jeroboam. He says, And it shall be, if thou shalt hearken unto me, uh, unto all that I command thee, and wilt walk in my ways, and do that is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, that I will be with thee, and build thee a sure house, as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. So God told Jeroboam, if you, if you obey me and follow me and love me, uh, I'm going to bless you and build a house uh, of Israel for you. Uh, and all you got to do is do right. 
Um, but we know from reading our Old Testament going forward, there's maybe half a dozen times uh, just in the next couple of chapters uh, as God brought this king onto the scene and the next king onto the scene. Uh, there are those that uh, follow the Lord like Asa or Josiah. Uh, and there's others that did evil in the sight of the Lord. And several times uh, their sinfulness uh, and their behavior, their, their uh, leadership uh, says they, did, uh, they followed the sins of Jeroboam. So Jeroboam uh, is, is uh, you know, when I say that's where he sat, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't that impressed uh, because uh, he had messed up big time. Uh, and, uh, and we read about that in these passages of Scripture. So he was, Jeroboam did worship. Uh, he, uh, he was a man who was involved in religious activity. And, uh, and uh, in the eyes of many people, that's all that matters. As long as you worship uh, and you're sincere in your worship, uh, then, uh, then that is, uh, that's uh, all uh, that God uh, would ask of you. Uh, but uh, in 1 Kings 14, verse 9, God says about this, He says, But hast done evil above all that were before thee. For thou hast gone and made the other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and cast me behind thy back. Not all religious activities are good. Uh, in the Lord's sight. Not anything that we do in the name of worship is acceptable uh, unto God. I've preached that from the Bible um, many, many times over the course of time. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, and I get pushback uh, from people, uh, you know, because of it. Um, worship isn't for you. It's not for me. Uh, but so many Christians base whether they're pleased with or their experience in church, uh, is if the worship was something that they liked. Um, it would do every single one of us well uh, to, to, to go to church on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time we go to church, uh, and just not be concerned about what we're going to get out of it. Uh, because, because the church isn't here um, to entertain you or to, to please you. And, uh, and really, I mean, I want you to come to church and be comfortable and, uh, and all that. And, and I'm concerned about those things, that there's a place to park and, and all of that. I'm not saying that we, we, but it's not about that. We gather as a church to worship God. Uh, and when we sing uh, worship songs, we sing them to God. So if it's not your cup of tea, it don't matter. Uh, because it's not for you. Uh, it is for the Lord. So even though Jeroboam worshipped, um, God was not pleased uh, in worship. In the New Testament, or in the local church, it's the same thing. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Uh, and uh, so uh, he, he did worship. And his worship was appealing to a lot of people. Just think about it. Um, the worship that Jeroboam established in Israel, in the northern kingdom, was new. Now, it was new, uh, but it still had some old things. And, and, and even though there were golden calves involved, um, it was really in that culture a reminder of what God had done. Uh, and, uh, and it wasn't so much, I don't believe, in its initial thoughts here, uh, something that, uh, that Jeroboam thought was necessarily bad. He had some selfish motives. Uh, but it was really difficult for people to make the distinction between worshiping God and worshiping Baal. 
uh, and the golden calves. We know what God thought about the golden calves and the excuses that were made and, uh, and uh, as, God, as Moses came down and what God had done. But this was new. Uh, his worship was new, but it was a violation uh, of, of God's will because it was an unauthorized uh, and, and a, an incorrect, improper form of worship. We must worship God God's way. Uh, and so the worshiping of idols obviously is clear against the first two of the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and, but um, so often today, uh, Christians, um, non-Christians, uh, they want worship uh, of something that is new. But Jeroboam's worship uh, was one of convenience. Uh, we read a moment ago that God had chose Jerusalem to be the place where he wanted his people to assemble to worship him. Uh, but Jeroboam had his own plan. So he sets up in Bethel. Uh, and in Dan, uh, and uh, that northern part of the kingdom, the very northern part. And what's, uh, what's neat as you're there um, is you look at uh, that altar uh, that was made. This is like legitimate. There's no disputing that this is uh, or is not that altar. This is the altar. And there's a lower part and up on the a little bit higher part. Uh, there's a platforms up there, and that's right where the golden calf uh, was placed, uh, and I walked up there on top of it and stood up there and looked over this valley, and you can see Syria out there, and there was a big, huge uh, tank battle that was fought right there, and there's like a, a bunker that's going through there. It's all, all still right, right there. All that history, uh, national history, religious history, and contemporary um, history all intermingled uh, in, that, in that one place, uh, but what happened was is that everybody was just coming up in Israel, coming up to Dan uh, to worship there. Uh, it was, uh, he said, it's just too far for you all to go, uh, to go to Jerusalem to worship. So I'm going to make it easy for you uh, and give you two places that you can do that. Uh, and not only that, he took what their Feast of Tabernacles, which was supposed to be uh, on the 17th day uh, of the month uh, and not the, uh, the, excuse me, the feast of the eighth month on the 15th day of the month. It was supposed to be a different month. So they, he even messed with that. Uh, and, and, and here's what some people would say, you know, you know, what's the, you know, it was pretty close. It was almost right. Uh, it was, it, it was, you know, come on, can we give them a break? I mean, their heart was in the right place. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, God will not accept worship that is, that is unacceptable to him. And close enough isn't close enough. We've got to do what God says to do uh, in his word when it comes to our worship of him. So his was a worship of convenience. And, uh, and a lot of people today make their decision about you know, which religious services they'll attend based solely on where a group meets, etc. And, uh, and, uh, and God, God says this, it didn't matter if you were in Dan or if you were in Beersheba. It didn't matter if you're all the way down in the southern part, uh, not even in the promised land. When it was time for you to, uh, to, to go for the Feast of Tabernacles, the several times of the year that God wanted you to be in Jerusalem, you needed to go there. Um, and it didn't matter if it was inconvenient uh, or not. God said it. That settles it. But just like human nature, uh, if our religion, uh, you know, uh, is inconvenient, we won't do that. So Jeroboam's worship allowed not only uh, a convenience, but it even allowed people who weren't supposed to be priests to be priests. Uh, and, uh, and he had made mistakes on so many different levels. See, where are you getting at with all of this? 
Uh, I want to summarize uh, about three more pages of notes <laughs> uh, this way. Uh, why was Jeroboam's worship wrong? Why was, you know, my, my uh, looking at that little throne, I guess, there at the gate of the city of Dan, uh, which the walls are all, they're all, it's just an, an amazing place and to know all that God had done and, and what happened. Why, why my visceral response to where Jeroboam sat uh, was what it was and not one of just like, ooh, uh, let, me touch, let me touch the place where Jeroboam's at. Uh, it's because he blew it. Uh, and, uh, and, and because of that, uh, we have centuries and centuries and centuries uh, of, of false uh, teaching and, and worship and everything. So why was his worship wrong? First of all, and I've already mentioned it, uh, it was not authorized by God. Jeroboam substituted his own worship for the true worship of Jehovah. And you say, that's a terrible thing for him to do. But I want you to think for a second how often you do it. Uh, how often, like, I'll use one example because it was our theme uh, in part from last year about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, we got stuck uh, in uh, Israel uh, because of the flight being canceled. Uh, when we were there, we had church. As uh, soon as the sh- uh, Shabbat got over, so 6 p.m. sundown on Saturday night is when uh, the Christian church there uh, would meet. Uh, so that's technically the first day of the week. We get into that at Easter and it confuses people, evening and morning, uh, etc. So at the end of Shabbat, uh, so we had a service and it was like started around 6 o'clock in the evening. Is everybody with me? And uh, so when we got, um, uh, we got up on Saturday morning uh, in uh, our thinking, you know, in the morning we're going to get on this flight. And when we woke up, Autumn was blowing my phone up. Your flight's canceled. And uh, we had to make all these, uh, all of these uh, changes. Well, um, where are we going to go to church? There's, there's like no place for us to go. And so, you know, there's like, oh, it must be terrible to get stranded in such a wonderful place and everything else. And there was some good things about that. And we got to enjoy another day and it was beautiful and uh, it was a, a, a chance to rest and all that. But we didn't get to go to church that week. And uh, outside of being sick or, you know, whatever... Uh, that, was the, that was the first time in a long time uh, that I can even remember of me not going, going to church. I say, why does that bother you? Because God said, don't skip it. He says, don't forsake it. He said, well, it's out of your hands. Yeah, it was out of my hands. Uh, but it's also sad that, you know, there's places in this, in this world that you can be in and not be able to go uh, to a Bible preaching church. We wouldn't even have known the first place to even begin looking uh, to, to do so. And uh, so um, unauthorized worship, substituting our own, for somebody to say, well, I know God wants me to go to church on Sunday. He commands it in Scripture, but I think it's just okay for me to skip or for me to do whatever it is that I want. You do the same thing that Jeroboam and every other person that did evil in the sight of the Lord, that, uh, that, uh, that perceived in their own heart what is right and, and wrong. Uh, we, we do the exact same thing. And we excuse it away. Well, God's a God of love and he's not going to care. And he wants me to enjoy my family and go to the beach and everything else. No, he says, when the doors of the church are open, be in church. And, uh, and it ought to grieve you uh, when, when you can't be. Not only was it unauthorized by God, uh, but he also had the wrong motive. Uh, Jeroboam didn't care uh, about the children of Israel and, and whether or not 
they had a place, they already had, they had a place to worship. That was already settled. He cared about himself. Uh, and he set up worship there simply so that the Jews would not go worship at Jerusalem because he was afraid that if they did that, they'd fall in love with Rehoboam. Uh, and uh, and they, by the way, there were uh, Judah, uh, Benjamin, uh, and there were still faithful people from other tribes that were in Judah at that time. The southernmost part of that, Beersheba, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then, of course, the, the northern kingdoms, a lot of that in, in separate kings, and you find all that in, in, in Kings and Chronicles uh, in the Bible. Uh, because he was afraid, it served his purposes, uh, and, uh, and he, he did what he did. So in reality, jo- Jeroboam established this wor- worship for his own benefit. Um, and we do that uh, in American Christianity. Uh, we set up worship. We conceive it in our minds. We do all these things for our own benefit. Uh, churches and pastors are building kingdoms in and of themselves or for themselves. Uh, when the Bible says he must increase and I must decrease, uh, we, we are very, very self-serving uh, when it comes to religion. And uh, it's, it's, like, it's like the guy cutting up the shawarma uh, who's, who looks at you stupid like, like I can't even believe you're asking me uh, for dairy products to go on your sandwich. Don't you know that that's not kosher? Like how can you keep up? How do you, how do you know? Because you, I, I want to say, okay, time out. How am I supposed to know how you believe? How you look and what you're doing is completely opposite of what you say you believe, and you're worried about, now I know, because I've read the New Testament, uh, that I can eat tzatziki till the, till the Lord comes back, and it's all good. I can eat it. Kosher laws don't apply to me. Uh, and, uh, and they don't apply to them really anymore either, uh, when, and Peter and uh, the New Testament, all of that. Uh, in fact, there was a lady in the service, the Christian service, uh, on that uh, Sunday, early Sunday morning, Saturday uh, evening service, uh, who's now reading the New Testament for her very first time. Uh, her son got saved. Uh, if you saw on our Facebook post, the guy who was doing the pottery, it's his mom. Uh, and, uh, and so his dad got saved, he's saved, his mom's still lost. Uh, but she's in those services and she's reading the New Testament. And we've already, uh, we have established from the Word of God uh, that God has a promise attached to His Word. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. She's hearing it, she's reading it, and we're praying that, uh, that she gets saved. Uh, but he worshiped uh, and set up worship uh, for a self-serving purpose uh, and God judged it. Uh, they were worshiping the wrong object. God needs to be the focus of our object. They were worshiping golden calves. They used the wrong methods. They used the wrong priesthood. They used the wrong feast days, they used the wrong altar, uh, and they had the wrong source of authority, not Jeroboam, but God. Uh, and, and where did Jeroboam get the idea to do all this? The Bible says that he had devised it in his own heart, and that's the bottom line. Jeroboam did what Jeroboam wanted to do, and, and, uh, and it didn't matter what God said about it. Now, you read ahead, and we can't because I'm, I'm, I'm beyond the time here, uh, but as Jeroboam, uh, there's a, a man of God comes into town, uh, and, uh, and, he, and he goes to Bethel, uh, and he curses and says that, uh, that basically the king's bones are going to be burnt on this altar. Uh, and there is this, uh, the, there is the prophet that lied, the prophet that died, and we read about this old prophet that comes in and, and basically gets that prophet to go to eat at his house, and then God killed him. Uh, and it's a, a, a really weird story that's in there. But then you get, you get people that are, 
um, new kings that come in, like in chapter number, uh, let's see here, um, look at just quickly chapter number 16. Uh, you've got a guy that comes on, oh, back up, King Basha. Uh, Basha uh, was used of God to wipe out all of the, the, the family of Jeroboam. I uh, can't find it just right here uh, being fast. So, so Basha um, was basically, uh, God used him to kill everybody uh, that was related to Jeroboam. And then, and then it goes on in just a few, in a few verses later to say that Basha uh, did um, what, what King Jeroboam did. And it's like people are, like they're stuck on stupid and they keep doing the same thing over and over again. And even though we know what's right and we know that God judges it, uh, we would just continue to do that because as long as I'm just, you know, God hasn't zapped me yet, then uh, I can just keep going. We push the boundaries and we find it over and over and over again uh, in the Old, Old Testament. Jeroboam did evil and it says, the Bible says, and it caused Israel to do the same. It says he made Israel to sin. He corrupted Israel's worship and a result, God forsook his people. Uh, and we have today in Jerusalem and all around the world, the same kind of nonsense that goes on. We cannot worship God any willy-nilly way uh, that we want to. And, um, and really, you know, um, of course, obviously, we're not God, I'm not God. And, and when I, the confusion, the, 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 of all the things that I saw in all the places that we went, uh, the interaction, and we, and, you know, you talk to people and, and all the, uh, the history and, uh, involved, uh, I'm ordering a sandwich, and, uh, and, and there's this, this conf- the, the, just the inconsistency um, about putting a sauce uh, on chicken. Uh, and, and it just, it, like it all, came, it all came home. It's like, you know what? Um, we are so messed up. And, in, 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 you know, here's, come back from there. While I'm there, come, before I went there. I believe the Bible is the final rule of faith and practice. And uh, Jesus came, he died for our sins. Uh, Jews, Germans, uh, Polish people, everybody, doesn't matter where you are in the world, you've got to get saved through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. Uh, and people there need to be reached with the gospel. The churches there are still underground, all that. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and when I, when I, the feeling that I felt uh, of, of how, yes, he's sincere, and, and believes what he believes, but he is so messed up in what he believes and the confusion and everything. And it just, I just, I felt sorry for him. Um, but, but can you imagine what the nonsense that we do, what that does to our Heavenly Father? When we take something that's just plain in his word and we just twist it and shape it any way we want so it's convenient for us and so we can justify and excuse away everything it is that we want to do, uh, where you've got uh, all these different... And, and you can look at them and you can say, oh, how sad it is uh, that these people are so deceived and so confused or whatever. Uh, and, uh, but if we're honest with ourselves, we're the exact same way. And, uh, and, and, and I'm calling it out right now, uh, but if, for some of you, you just might just, you'll just hear it and you just keep doing the same thing anyways. And just picking and choosing and cherry picking and taking and uh, no, this. Uh, uh, and I remember uh, somebody doing that, taking a, uh, wasn't a Bible, praise the Lord. Uh, but oh, that, and he's just ripping it out and crumpling it up and people get so upset. That's exactly what we do. Like the king that took a penknife to the scrolls. And we're like, I'll believe this, I'll believe that. 
We've got to be in the book and we've got to obey God and we've got to worship him spirit and in truth uh, and, uh, and worship God the way that God wants to be worshiped. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Jeroboam had some sincerity uh, and there are a lot of people around this world. It doesn't matter if it's Eastern religion, um, uh, the Jewish religion, uh, Greek Orthodox. It, it doesn't matter. Joel Osteen, he's a sincere guy. He believes what he's peddling, I think. Um, and, the, and he's got probably 40,000 people listening to him today. Um, does it please God? No. Because God will accept what God wants. And, and when you read the Old Testament, when you see all the, the, um, the illustrations that God uses, whatever, God is a God of details. Uh, and somehow we think, in 2023 that God doesn't care about any details. But God hasn't changed. Uh, and uh, and if, if, what I want you to understand is not, and again, do I do everything right? No. Do, do, you know, do I make mistakes in, in leading uh, a New Testament church? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I can't say with, with certainty that I am right on every single thing. Now, I believe I am. And if there's a, if there's a, if there's a place uh, in the Bible where I'm wrong, and by the way, uh, there was no you know, light bulb moments when I went over like, oh, have I been doing this wrong my whole life? Because I'm reading the book and I'm obeying the book. I'm not following religion. Amen. What does God say about it? You know, there are other things like, you know, the uh, Sea of Galilee was way smaller than I thought. The Dead Sea was way bigger. Um, there were things that, uh, you know, I thought this would be whatever. I went, when I went to the Alamo, I thought it would be bigger. Um, and it's just little. And so there was, there's things like that, but there was no like, oh, um, I got to go back and preach different. Um, because you, you, can't, you can't go wrong. Uh, I mean, let me say people do go wrong, you know, with their Bible, but for reasons like Jeroboam, convenience and selfishness. Um, so you say, uh, we, sent you, we sent you to Israel pastors, you can be back and, and just double down uh, on, on all your hard preaching. Um, yep. <laughs> because, because the confusion that is there um, is a result of not following what this book says, not believing it and not following it. So I'm going to challenge you to do so. Uh, so don't be like Jeroboam. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and don't look at somebody uh, who is doing the rosary or uh, praying to a priest or um, taking you know, pilgrimages to this place or, 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 or um, afflicting their bodies and all the things that people do in religion say, oh, what a, I'm, I feel so bad for them and they need Jesus. Um, when you do the same thing uh, in, in with, with convenience and just confess it to God and say, God, I'm going to obey you and I'm going to follow you. Uh, and, uh, and again, from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, God blesses those who obey him and he curses those that don't. And God hasn't changed under grace uh, in all the nonsense you hear. It's the lie of the devil. Um, Obedience is the very, very best way to show that you believe. So would you obey the Lord? Let's all stand today uh, with uh, our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And just a simple invitation. It's like, God, help me uh, to just believe your word and to obey your word. And maybe God laid something on your heart today, an area of your life that, 
that you haven't given to the Lord that you're holding back on, or maybe it's a sin that you have in your life that you need to confess. And um, God is real, and, and the book is real. Heaven's real, hell's real. God wants to fellowship with you and commune with you, and, uh, and He's given you everything you need in the Word of God. Uh, and uh, in your salvation and the Holy Spirit dwelling you, He's given you everything, and you can be as close to God as you want, but all.